Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome to this week on What's on Tap. I'm your host this week, Sam Heffling, joined by my friend Donovan Moffat. And we will be joined also by Dave Malchak here in a few minutes. And to discuss this week, there are two columns that are going to be on Tap into Greater Olean that relate closely to two of the state's teams, even though one of them plays in New Jersey, which God only knows why. But, Donnie, we're going to start with you, because you have been a diehard Bills fan your entire life. And what's going on with them? Like, you think they're on the rise soon, or do you think, like, they're better off? Like, what's going on with them? Well, in my article, which will be coming out on tap uh, very soon, um, is the title is, Are Are the Buffalo Bills on the Rise? And in my article, I kind of bring up to the fact that last season the Bills ended the drought, and uh, it was a season, honestly, to remember for Bills fans as a Week 17 win against the Dolphins and a late-game heroics from the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton with a a pass late in the game against the Baltimore Ravens to to seal a victory for them. And if Baltimore would have won that game, they would have been in the playoffs. But if Cincinnati would have won, the Bills would be in. And that's, of course, what happened. And once that game was over and going into the playoffs, I mean, there was so much energy and just so much um, good for the Buffalo Bills organization and even the NFL. I mean, even people were that were not in the playoffs, and I know, I know we're rooting for the Bills to do well. And uh, granted, they did lose 10-3 to in that wild card game against the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. It still was um, a game that, really meant so much for the organization because a 17-year stretch without making the playoffs was a very, very long time. And honestly, I hope it never happens again. I don't think uh, anybody else wants it to happen. But it kind of, I kind of bring into the, the fact that the last time the Bills had made the playoffs before this past season was the Music City Miracle game when there's a controversial call if that uh, pass on that kickoff was a forward pass or a lateral pass. I mean, uh, every bill, everybody's got their own opinion on it, and uh, during that time, it just seemed to be all downhill and just a lot of chaos with new quarterbacks, new coaches, bad seasons, and just a whole lot of just a whole lot of bad luck for the Bills organization. And after this uh, last season, the 2017-2018 season, it seemed that the Bills were as I would put it, on the rise to becoming teams that would be finishing 9-7 and seven consistently and being in the talks of winning a division or even making a wild card game. But during the offseason, starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor, who has been the starting quarterback for the Bills for the past few years, was traded to the Cleveland Browns. And Cordy Glenn, the offensive tackle, starting offensive tackle, was traded to the Cincinnati Bengals. And starting guard Richie Incognito and the starting center Eric Wood both retired, so they lost a lot on the uh, on the offensive front and quarterback. Who, granted, was not elite, but was better than most that we've had in the past. And others, such as in on the defensive side, like Preston Brown, EJ Gaines, and Jordan Matthews, all left the teams, and they all played big roles on that defensive side too. So again, the Bills were left with the questions for the starting of the season. Who's going to play quarterback for the Bills? And Nate Peterman was at eventually the only quarterback on the roster 
until they signed A.J. McCarron and uh, eventually drafted Josh Allen from uh, Wyoming in this year's NFL draft. So basically it was a three-way battle, and um, turned out Peterman had won the job preseason. He did very, very well. Even in practice, they said he was doing very well. So they traded McCarron, got something out of him, and Allen was going to be the backup. And as most of you know, Peterman's start again in the week one was was one of the worst starts, I think, in NFL history. Uh, he only completed five passes for 24 yards and threw two interceptions that game. And then Allen was put into the starting role week two. And from that point, he is still learning, still growing. He did very well. I mean, he didn't do very well again in week two. He kind of was thrown into the wolves in that situation. And then week three, almost shutting out the uh, playoff Super Bowl contender in the Minnesota Vikings. And that kind of just was a uh, statement to the NFL that the Bills are not just going to throw away the season. Josh Allen has some bright spots. So, again, I kind of just went into how Josh Allen is exceeding expectations at this point and how veteran quarterback uh, Derek Anderson was also signed on October 9th to kind of be as a mentor to Allen. And, of course, more Bill's bad luck happens, and Josh Allen goes down in week six, I believe it was, against the Houston Texans, and Derek Anderson was put in to start um, the next week because Nathan Peterman, who had to fill in for Josh Allen in that game, basically threw the game away with more interceptions, of course. So, it all, the Bill's, offense is below average and sometimes they may look like an average offense but most of the time they're below average and even in the offseason they added uh, defensive end Trent Murphy, star Lou Colelli and Philip Gaines to expand their defense and they also drafted Tremaine Edmonds who um, in the middle is a middle linebacker now and turning out to be one of the best picks they've had in a long time on the defensive side. So, again, the defense is the bright spot, more the bright spot of this team because that, that that's what's keeping them in games. And even though they've lost a few of these games um, by, let's say, more than 20 like more than twenty points, some of these games that they've been, like they've really been in these games for the most part, but the offense is the one that's kind of holding them back. So, I mean, the defense by, by no means is not the worst in the NFL, but you're not the best. But it's, they're, they're one of the, I would say, in my opinion, like top ten defenses, maybe number ten defense overall with star star power. But the offense, though, is by far bottom five. And though the offense, though this year kind of seems like it's just a rebuilding year again, but is it the start of another drought, another long, long drought? In my opinion, no, I don't think it is. I don't think we'll ever see 17 years happen again. I mean, unless Cleveland somehow gets to that point, because right now they are the closest to being at that point. But in my personal opinion, the Bills will not make it to 17 losing seasons again. I believe they are, I wouldn't say, on the rise to where they're going to make a consistent playoff for every single year. Well, all I know is that from, let's say, five years ago, the Bills have been improving both on a player standpoint 
a organization standpoint and coaching standpoint with a, a head coach, Sean McDermott, who's kind of who's kind of changed the culture there, and he's definitely shown a lot of bright spots for this Bills organization, and that's basically what my article is talking about, and you can more than welcome to give it a read once it's uh, posted on tap in the near future, but again, I personally believe the Bills are closer than they ever have been since 1999 to be a consistent playoff team. I don't think it's just yet, but they are on the rise as an organization from where they started back in uh, since the Music City Miracle. Yeah, so I, I, I was kind of in the same boat as you for a while up until about seven years ago because the Bengals had a long stretch to where, you know, they didn't make the playoffs for – they still haven't won a playoff game in 26 years. But, you know, they had some – they had some few good years with Carson Palmer when they had Chad Johnson. and You know, they had a couple of good seasons then, but what it took for the Bengals to get back on track was to draft a good quarterback – and draft a wide receiver because they drafted A.J. Green and Andy Dalton in the same draft. And when you had – and I think that was huge for the team because you had a fresh experience at quarterback and you had fresh, a fresh experience at wide receiver too. And when those two were able to connect, it basically formed this, you know, this mojo that the offense had to where – nobody was thinking about the past anymore. It was just all about the future. And to me, personally, that's what I think is what, you know, sparked the Bengals' rise, per se, back to a team where it wasn't like we were going to make the playoffs one year, be out for four years, and then get back in later. Because under Andy Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, they've only missed the playoffs, I want to say, twice together, two or maybe three times. They've each been in the league for about seven years now. I think they've made five playoff appearances together. And they've put together some really good teams. I mean, personally, I believe that in 2016, when they lost to the Steelers at home with that whole thing with Montez Perfect almost taking off Antonio Brown's head and, you know, Jeremy Hill fumbling, I almost thought that, like, you know, if they could have gotten past, past Pittsburgh, it could have been something special that year. But, you know, it's all a matter of, you know, basically, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to get lucky, but it's also staying together as a team. And that's something that I wanted to bring up also because you're talking about the Bills, I'm talking about the Bengals, and we could talk about how special last year was for both teams. And granted, the Bengals didn't make it to the playoffs last year, but they got the Bills into the playoffs for the first time in 17 years and essentially made the Bills mafia and made Bills country just go crazy because I don't think there's one person in Buffalo that doesn't like Andy Dalton or Tyler Boyd or the Bengals in general. And the Bengals beat the Bills during the And they did. And, you were, and we were at that we game. Were at that we game. were at that game in Cincinnati. So that was a fun time, except it was pouring down rain the entire day, but that's just the weather you're going to get down there. But, um, but last year was so special, though, when it came to that, because the Bills fans donated, what was it, over like $500,000? Or something oh, like that. Oh, I know there was a lot of money for cancer research. For, for Andy Dalton's foundation. And then uh, they sent wings to the, to, uh, the Bengals. Yeah, a lifetime supply of wings. Yeah. So, um, but actually, I don't know if you knew this, but what happened was that after the when the Bills sent the wings down to the Bengals, after they mm-hmm. won, a lot of people think they were, thought they were going to give them like, to the Bengal players or people in the organization. They actually took them to some of the inner city schools 
where some of the kids might struggle, you know, to, mm-hmm. where some of the kids, like, they're only guaranteed to have one hot meal a day or maybe two hot meals a day. They're not as lucky as some of us are. So they took them to those schools and gave them to them. So the entire thing, to me, that's what the NFL is all about, or I should say the NFL is all about, but what professional sports should be all about is that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Super Bowls are great, playoff wins are great, winning in general is great, but the second you can impact somebody's life for the better, to me, that that's the real difference. And I believe Dave Malchek is in the building right now. You want to see if he's out there? I think I just saw him come to the window. So Dave Malchek is going to talk to us about the Giants this year. And it might not be that pretty because, as we all know, the Giants are up to a 1-6 and six start this year. Not their greatest effort out there. But they've had some issues with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, EY's not looking the best in his career. Bark- Saquon Barkley's playing all right. But if you don't have a stellar offensive line, he's not going to be able to do anything. Is Dave Malchek in the building? Yes, he is. Is he on his way? I also wanted to add something real quick before Dave comes on. Like, with teams being on the rise and also, like, coming more, becoming better, I should say, even the, like, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, I know some teams are going out, but the Cleveland Browns are also showing a lot of bright spots, too, with, like, drafting Baker Mayfield. I mean, they've won two games. I mean, they, 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 didn't, win, they, they didn't win all of last year. Yeah, they didn't win the last, like, eight, nine weeks of 2016. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of culture change going on in the NFL. And a lot of good change. So I, 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 there's a lot of teams that are going through struggles as, as well, but I do think there is a lot of other teams other than just the, the good teams like the Packers, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the, the consistent teams always in the playoffs that are going to be in the, in the near future contenders in the playoffs. And now the man, the myth, and the legend, Dave Malchek, is in here to talk about the New York football giants and their stunning one and six start. Here I am. How's a member? you got to keep it clean. I do have to keep it clean. <laughs> That's a shame. Well, you know, it comes down to the offensive line, and last year there were issues, and they went to address those. Um, new GM, new head coach, and they made moves over the offseason. Uh, they got free agent Nate Soldier. He comes from New England. They got second-round pick, Will Hernandez. He could be a good talent, and, you know, it hasn't materialized for them this season um, as they've started one and six. You know, last year it was the same thing because there was no offensive line. Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt in the first week of October. He's out for the year. And then what do you have? Um, You have an offense for the rest of the year that can't block, um, you have receivers that can't catch, and a quarterback that has no time to throw. No time to throw. And, by the way, no run game. No. So, um, it's we, tough. See, and the whole thing with the run game, too, is that now you guys have that uh, first, first running back selected in the draft. You guys have number one. Or no, Baker Mayfield was the number one pick, right? Yeah, and, and Barkley was number two. So it's like now you guys have that running game, but it still hasn't worked out yet. So I think that basically just proves the narrative that if you don't have an offensive line, you can't do anything in the NFL. Yeah, especially with a quarterback that's immobile and is known for being a tree. And that's what Manning is. Um, and, and, look, in the past it worked out. 
they had really good offensive lines. They had Chris Snee and David Deal, all these all pro players, and 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 it works for them. Well, also and had, they got away with mediocre running games most of the time, but they had good teams. And you also had receivers in Flexco Burris and Victor Cruz for a while, and David Tyree that yeah. could catch anything thrown in a twelve foot radius. So Mario Manningham, Manningham and you had all those guys for a while, and that, now you have a wide receiver that just. As passionate as he is, can't seem to keep his mouth shut for a while. You no, know, and there were issues this week regarding, um, you know, he, he's on the IV in, in halftime and, you know, he's dehydrated and he says that he doesn't like the taste of water. Um, and, and apparently that is, um, that is that's a story. Uh, so, you know, fascinating as it is. Um, that's just kind of the state of the team. And, and and he was asked, too, essentially, you know, do you want to be a giant? And and he didn't give a clear answer. And after the team gives you $100 million, it kind of seems like if I were the owner, that would just put me beside myself. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, anybody's getting paid that much. And you see it going on right now with, one in particular, specifically, everybody's been talking about is Le'Veon Bell, who is not playing with the Steelers right now because he's holding out on trying to get a bigger contract. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, it gets to a point to where it's like, are you playing because you love the game anymore, because this is what you want to do, or are you just playing for the check? And most of the time, it feels like you're just playing for the check if that's the case. To where if you're not sure if you want to be a giant anymore after they just gave you $100 million. Yeah. And how much of that is guaranteed? Like 90 I believe so. Something like that. Yeah, and and if if you look at it, um, you know, it went out. The piece did on Monday. Uh, they were one and five at the time. They lost that night um, to Atlanta in in Atlanta, and, and they're now one and six as they were last year. And things have happened since then. They got rid of, or I should say, they traded cornerback Eli Apple um, for draft picks. They traded. Uh, Snacks Harrison, his name is Damon Harrison. He's a really good pass rusher. Um, they traded him for draft picks. So the rebuilding process has begun. Um, I don't think it's so much they're trading defensive players. I don't think it's a, a thing about their, where they're blaming the defense. Uh, the defense has really kind of been okay. Like You know, we would have a better idea on what they could do if they didn't have to spend so much time on the field, which they do because the offense is inept, and if they didn't inherit such bad field position, they would have a really good idea of what that defense would be able to do, similar to the way they were in 2016 when they won 11 games. So to me, the the, the thing is they are getting rid of these players. They are planning on cutting at the end of the year or they just feel like they can get something for them based on, you know, what they were offered from someone else. And they're getting these draft picks, and, and the the process has begun to flip this upside down. Yep. And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, like, I understand your pain. You know, obviously, you know, I'm a Bengal fan, and that, you know, has its perks, and it also has its, you know, downfalls, mainly downfalls over anything. <clears throat> so all of our teams this year seem like they've had their – Good games, they've had their bad games, except you've had for me more so. You've had I mean, more. we won a game, but that was against the Texans, and they were coming off losing nine straight going back to last year. So, 
yeah. uh, that's about all that, that you know, I, we're going to, you know, we might win two this year. Um, I, think I don't really care, and I, I, want, I want to see them lose because I, I want to see them get the first pick. And so first pick, just for future predictions, what um, do you think would you go for a quarterback this year? I think so. Um, is, it t- is the Eli Manning era over? Yeah, it's over. I think he retires at the end of the year. This is I'm pretty sure the last year of his contract. Yeah, it is. So, you know, he's going to retire. I think that he's going to play the rest of the year. And I think that he might win one or two more games, and 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 that's kind of it. After last year, you break the you break the record, um, well, you break the consecutive streak of games started, which he had. Um, he's never missed a game due to injury since he came here in 2004. Ever, um, actually, the closest he ever came to missing a game was in 2007, the first Super Bowl year. And he played through, you know, an ankle injury that, you know, most quarterbacks today would not. Yeah. Um, so, it's you know, he's always going to be my favorite player. I can't imagine anybody um, that could come now since I'm past my formative years and all this stuff. You know, he's always going to be my favorite player. And, I mean, it's just you can't take that away from him. I, I and I would like to think that you know I haven't. There have been plenty of times where people that I know have just given up on him totally in the past, and 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 I never did that before. Now, I never totally gave up on him. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year. Honestly. For, I mean, I was ready to ask you guys before we end this episode of Blog Talk Radio and what's on tap this week. Obviously, the hottest team in the NFL right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, we saw what they did to my Bengals last week, and it was an absolute embarrassment to the city of Cincinnati, but that happens often. But I don't think they're going to be a team that does it. I think it's going to be one of those years to where, you know, I think it's going to be a year where a team surprises us. Like, like last year we had a good idea that Philadelphia or New England was going to, you know, possibly get there just with how well those teams were playing. But I think this year is going to be up in the air. I think, this, I think this year, because there's not – there's only, like, one team that's really standing out overall. The Los Angeles Rams, I think. Yeah. Well, the Rams are, but the Rams are still – they still lost, like, two games, right? They're, yes. they're seven at home. I mean, which – The Rams are seven at home. Who am I yeah. thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of uh, – like the Chiefs. I thought there was the Chiefs who lost two games. I didn't. Oh, I didn't. I think so. I didn't think the Chargers were seven. No, the Chargers. No, the Rams. Oh, the Rams are seven. Los Angeles Rams are seven. Football. They are. They by far. They're still San Diego to me, by the way. Oh, I was thinking the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. Los Angeles Rams are the best team. Best team in the NFL right now. So I mean, that could. It's going to be an interesting season. Well, there's a lot of teams essentially hanging out at 500, right?
and you get the Bengals and the Ravens are on top of the division, each standing at four and three. And that's a perfect example of it. You got the Steelers that are three and three and one or something like that. And then you have the Browns that still have two it still have two wins under their belt. So I mean it, it, the division is not out of the reach for anybody yet. But it's still gonna be the tightest division, even though it may not be the best football division, it's still gonna be pretty tight. So I think it's gonna be a great year for playoffs, but we gotta think we're we're only halfway through the year, so there's still a long time long time to make up for it and we'll see what happens. Absolutely. So, final predictions. What's your final record this year for the Giants? What do you think mm-hmm. it's going to end up being? Two and fourteen. Two and fourteen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a five and eleven Buffalo Bills. The Bengals, I'm guessing nine and seven, somewhere around there. So that I, I hope I'm wrong though. <laughs> you hope you're wrong. I don't think you. I don't think you will be though. I don't hope I'm wrong. But uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode of What's on Tap this week in Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sam Heffling with Donovan Moffitt and David Malchek, and we will see you guys next week.